Oh, God damn it. Who took the last of the coffee and didn't make more? There's supposed to be a pot right here. I mean, who doesn't know the rules? I'm, I'm sorry, I was just watching. You're back. I can make more coffee. All right, who put all the crap on my desk, huh? Sybil, Meredith's making us breakfast. Huh? It's for tomorrow. It's for Christmas morning. It's Strata. It's a Morton family tradition. Um, I know that you and Patrick have dinner all planned out, but I wanted to contribute something. And my sister's coming. I just wanted... I just wanted to do something for everyone. Well, that should be nice. Everything all right at the end? Yes, thank you. I hope they put you in a room near Patrick and Thad. Thank you for bringing my mug back. So this is my favorite scene from the movie. Um, there's many favorite scenes from this movie, but this is the one that I kind of keep going back to because of the performances, because of the quotes, because it's there's a silent conversation going on between Patrick and Sybil. It's really, really, really well done and so simple. So uh, here is the scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that what's great about this scene is there is... Yes, there's a, an actress of a certain age acting. There's Sarah Jessica Parker uh, performing great restraint. There is, yeah, there's there's nuanced, you know, B-side storylines with a supporting character. They get to have a moment in this. Um, and then it's it's that Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, 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 like, responds uh, to the cleaning of the coffee mug, uh, or the returning of the coffee mug. I, like, uh, the to me it's like it's Sarah Jessica Parker doing that and it's the editor deciding this is where we should cut the scene. Mm, yeah, I when she goes, "Oh, it it just leaves the shot." Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's yeah. it it just uh you're uncomfortable for her, you're uncomfortable for Sybil. You don't know what you she would have said or should have said. There's nothing like what oh, th- you're welcome. Like what is it? Yeah. You know? Because both of them, such a, well, go ahead. I was going to such a frayed way to like end the scene. Um, and I was going to say that uh, if you haven't yet fallen in love with Shit's Creek, a reason to watch is that they frequently will have scenes end on these kind of notes. <laughs> so if you like that kind of like, oh, that's an unexpected end note, they do that really well. Uh, I, I'm waiting until the new year to just watch the fuck out of Shit's Creek. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, the just the idea of both of them kind of not acting right and not knowing really how they should be responding. And then you have the referee, Patrick, here, just kind of making sure, like, no, you have to be nice. She doesn't know how to respond to you. And, you know, so... It's kind of like the dad, the adult in the room is really Patrick. And you're seeing these two quarreling kids. Yeah, and it's honestly like what I one of the things I found surprising about watching this again is how they're neither of them are portrayed as completely right or completely wrong. Like it's really easy to make you know Meredith just be this like ridiculous bitch who gets her come up into the end. And it's like very easy to make um uh, Sybil's character be just very overbearing 
and a little too broad. And like the fact that they're not, the fact that there are are these levels where it's like you kind of see both of their sides and you kind of um, are, you know, with them, you know, both in this conversation you're not like with meredith feeling sybil's oppression you know mm. um it's it's a surprising level of detail in this movie that i had kind of forgotten about yeah and i do want to talk about the first time i saw this movie but uh, just continuing on this amazing scene it starts with a, a great line reading of oh god damn it uh <laughs> which is like wait way too much for no coffee <laughs> Yeah, it is. I mean, I you know, I'll say this up front. It is, in general, this is definitely one of Diane Keaton's more restrained and, like, effective performances. Uh, I don't think there's really much any hooting and screaming, but this would be the closest moment, is the overreaction to the fucking coffee. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I don't know. I, I quote, I quote, who took the last of the coffee and didn't make more? There's supposed to be another pot right here. I mean, who doesn't know the rules? I just love the way she oh. says the rules because it reminds me of Stucker Channing. <laughs> Even though she doesn't say it. I, in Greece. We've been corrected. She doesn't say I it. I know. <laughs> she never said it. Well, she did in my mind for, for sure. Yeah, no, certainly in the, in the you know, flappy on the jaw, great on a mic. <laughs> Gia Gunn never said that, but... <laughs> Uh, and Cher then, never does that. Cher has never does oh, that. Yeah, Cher doesn't do that. Um, and then yeah. she goes, you're back, which is another thing I say yeah. often. Um, you're back. You're back. And also, uh, I, I'm just going to keep going um, because she she goes, it's Strata. It's a Morton family tradition. Just the tea of Morton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. Well, I, I, think with, I think with Sarah Jessica Parker, I think what she's doing is like she's like she's found a very clever way to kind of give that that energy of like you know i want to have a part of this christmas too i want to have some of like i want to bring some of my tradition we can't just be all yours you right know? right um and like there's it's it's like she's doing something nice but she's also like fighting for her space you know for her for her voice like there's a little bit of like it's not purely just like i was hoping to share a tradition with you you know oh totally no it, her whole character's kind of entrance into this family it's like she read it in a book it's like oh well i should cook and this is what i know is supposed to be done and oh you're not supposed to sleep in the same bed and it's all very very proper and i think Mm -hmm. i think what i love about patrick's character which he shows in this scene is he was also once an outsider and is basically owning sybil through this whole scene Mm -hmm. through his eyes and his tone. It's just, Sybil, Meredith's making us breakfast, right? It, uh, right. I, it's right. so well done. And then finally, you know, tail between her legs, she's like, well, that should be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's the outsider who's learned how to, like, work his way into this family and, like, navigate them. And I think that's, yeah, I, I feel like the character of Patrick in general, I I really liked. I liked Patrick and Brad. I think they were, for some reason, my favorite characters. Brad, yeah, Brad. I think doesn't even know how fucking nuts this family is. So in another no. in another way, he's he's even more of an outsider. Yeah, yeah, but he's like just his the energy that he brings that final act. I mm. think is really great. Uh, and this movie does a really great job of giving those supporting characters actual like life or giving them a little bit of a moment. Like it's not just about the, these like 
sort of strange love, I don't want to say triangles, love rectangles. Rectangles, parallelograms. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, these these love love hexagons um, all surrounding a dying mother story, which I forgot that that was in this, too. <laughs> I forgot how many, like, layers there were to this strata. And um, <laughs> I got to say, I'll say this up front. I'll say this right here and right now. This movie ruined my makeup. I, so many tears. I do not know why this movie affected me so much. It was really good. I, <clears throat> like, all the sick mother stuff, God, they just, Diane Keaton was knocking it out of the park. When did you, so have you always felt that way about this movie? No, I'm, so going in, I've seen this before, but the impression that I carried about the Family Stone, I think, is that when I first saw it, my expectation was something uh, probably from the trailer was going to be a lot more of the spilling of the strata slipping all over the place sure. so I was like okay it's gonna be that kind of movie sure and then it wasn't and it was just like so much more not that and so I think I just like had this feeling of like expectation versus reality and in my memory Claire Dane's character was kind of ineffectual and um I just like I think it didn't all like work for me and in my mind Diane Keaton was like not good in it so mm. i was very wrong with the family stone and i think some of it is the marketing they try to market this movie to be this crazy madcap family christmas comedy <laughs> and it's not it's like it's all. like home for porum <laughs> yeah it's a oh, horror totally. movie like, but it's not a horror movie <laughs> right right chicken nuggets don't you know? come uh, don't come <laughs> yeah yeah big ad in the paper that says don't come <laughs> Uh, yeah so it's so yeah i mean for me the first time i saw this movie i think i was it was like after college and right when did the movie come out oh uh yeah i think it was after college in 2000 no in college, college. okay 2005 okay yeah. so it was when i was home from college and my friends and i went to see this in the theater uh mm, it was like a mm -hmm. bunch of us like you know uh, like my high school group uh, went to go see this when I was home from college. And, you know, we were all kind of a little silly and young. And I, I remember being like, uh, not so good. Not so good. I've, I yeah. felt like it was heavy handed with the liberalism, like Diane Keaton playing this laid back mom that was sex positive. And I was just kind of eye rolling at that. I even eye rolled at the gay deaf son who was in an interracial relationship being like, that's so heavy handed. But, you know, in retrospect, it's kind of like, well, OK, no, I totally celebrate that. Like, of course, that's totally fine. But at the time, it just felt so here's this liberal movie and the conservative from Bedford is the butt of the joke. And that's kind of all I saw. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, I think it's, and I can, I often feel that same way of like, Oh, look, you're, you're, you know, it, it's basically like they're, they're asking for brownie points for inclusion, you know? Mm. But then I think about it and it's like, well, these kind of movies, it is so rare that you are getting anything other than just like, you know, it, it, white people just white people in the suburbs you know and you know no 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 nuance no um 
no variety, mm. you know? And so I feel like for 2005, I think to have a gay couple that is interracial and, um, you know, and one of them is, uh, what's the, what's the PC term? Unhearing. For? You could say deaf. Unhearing. You could say deaf. Okay, deaf. Uh, one of them's deaf. And, and then to like be able to address it in the movie. I think that's what the Family Stone did well is you're like, yep. We're going to do it. We're doing it on purpose. It's going to become a point of conversation. We're not going to act like we're being casual about this. Because I think, especially like even early 2000s, like you had to be purposeful about inclusion in a movie like this. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah, that dinner scene is certainly another thing I think people think about after they've seen the movie. Because it was just so geniusly done in the sense that it was so uncomfortable and she would not stop digging her grave. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's, and, and I think then to kind of see that scene after at the bar with Luke Wilson's character where she's like, I love the gays. Yay. Gay. And like that, <laughs> I, I think to like go to that next level of like, I just, I, that, that's not what I was trying to say. I think that felt very real that like, sure, when you're meeting someone's family and you're trying to give a certain impression and you're getting in your head and then suddenly you're saying something you don't really mean and you're not able to stop saying it. Like I, I, I thought that was very clever. Yeah. And I mean, not for nothing, but Meredith uh, SJB's character probably did have a breakthrough in terms of her ideas and thoughts. It sounds like she had never even, really communicated those ideas that were from somewhere else in her life that she got and had never encountered other people that would challenge it. So it was like the first time that her paradigm was just kind of challenged that like, oh, right, it is normal to be gay. Oh, right, it's it's fine. It's not, of course you could wish for someone to be gay because it's not a big deal. Yeah, and and, and I obviously I agree with all of that. And then I feel like the, the devil's advocate part of that is, you know, I think of perfectly well-meaning, you know, accepting people who, you know, very earnestly think, like, look at the world, or, you know, maybe they look at the world then, you know, not necessarily, you know, now, certainly um, for a lot of the United States, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you look at, you know, the world and it's like, okay, it's objectively harder for gay people. Mm. Like, if, you know what I mean? Like, why would anybody want their kid to go through that? Because, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Once you send that kid to high school, there's nothing you can fucking do about it. Why would you wish that on them? And I'm not saying that's correct. I just get what that point of view is. Sure. But it's putting the onus on the gay person versus, like, they're just saying, well, the world's never going to change. You know? Right. Why would you want someone to go through that? And it's like, well, uh, it does change. Uh, and... The only way it changes is by challenging that, you know? Yeah. No, I, the, the argument is totally valid in the sense of like, yeah, it's like a realist point of view. It, it, the way that Meredith's character was talking about it also came off as very offensive. Well, you sure. Yeah. Her, the way she was saying it. Yeah. Once you start using the word normal, then you're kind of <laughs> in mucky territory. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Um, I love the, the little moment. Oh, I love that moment when Everett says, well, why don't you start by trying by explaining what you do mean? And I was like, yeah. oh, th- nobody is on her side here. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Though I, you know, and I feel like with this scene, and I don't know, I, I definitely empathize with Meredith a lot in this movie, which I was surprised by. I thought I would just kind of see her as ridiculous. Um, but I feel like some of this, and it's interesting to see this in 2005, because now like 15 years later, some of this feels reminiscent of 
somebody who's just trying to have a conversation and coming up against like, hey, that word's offensive. Oh, I don't like that word choice. What are you meaning to say? I don't want to hear any context. I just want to take this one word you chose and determine that you're a bigot or a racist or problematic. Sure. And like people don't people don't know how to have conversations because they're so afraid that they're gonna stand they're gonna step on a, a landmine of oh my god I said the wrong word you know right right um, and, I that mean, I think yeah. that it inhibits conversation like it inhibits actual. Like, I think it's an interesting conversation for someone to say, how do you, and maybe her word choice was off, but how do you as a mother contend with the fact that, like, in general, you know, being gay is something that people can be made fun of and, and assaulted for and attacked for and, and made fun of for um, running that risk. Like, how do you, like, navigate those feelings, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's it's under the, this idea now where there are wrong questions to ask, right? Not mm -hmm. there aren't safe spaces to ask certain questions because it's like, well, what's your intention? What do you mean? How dare you? Um, it's like, well, the only way for me to change my opinion on what I think is to ask the question and for you to help me out. Now, there's often people who are of the oppressed communities, right, are like the onus is always on us to help and explain and handhold and you should be doing that research by yourself. And so in a sense, it's kind of like in this scene, it's like they were expecting Meredith to come to the table already pre-researched. And and, mm -hmm. and, and and it's, I don't know, it's uh, it's an argument that I could have with myself for hours of, the back and forth of that because yeah I get the frustration and I also get like well we also need to be open to helping to change yeah yeah I think it's like when you keep the bar so high in the name of inclusion something feels a little bit off you know what I'm saying yeah like if if your message is inclusion but somebody's word choice isn't good enough for you then like I don't know well, uh, you know, speaking of word choice, the one that I have no tolerance for is Parmesan. <laughs> is is that what's said? Is is there a Z yeah, yeah. uttered in, in this movie, in the family stone? <laughs> That's what she um, says. Parmesan. It's during that whole uh, the mushroom stuff. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. That, I, I love, that love, was. Love. <laughs> the, and just the, like, the beat of that joke in the movie, because I feel like we find out about, you know, uh, oh, Sybil being sick yeah. and there's kind of like and then um, why am I always forgetting Luke Wilson's character's name oh uh, uh, yeah Luke Wilson and Craig T. Nelson um, Kelly yeah. and uh, Ben Ben oh Ben so then uh, Ben comes back ben. and then and there's that amazing moment where Sybil kind of realizes as Ben's hugging yes. her that Kelly told him yes. that I was like okay Diane Keaton I, I'll forgive hanging up because <laughs> this is great acting right uh, now um <laughs> And there's just like all of like this mounting tension that that like I didn't know is so perfect to breaking it. I just I laughed so hard. I was so like this movie. It's uh, this is a great movie. <laughs> it is a great movie. It's uh, that that whole moment is also I mean, it's fueled also. It's like, how did you not know that your possibly soon to be husband is allergic to mushrooms like that could have been an epic disaster yeah yeah and I, that was uh i was thinking about that of like huh 
how would you and then I was trying to remember and maybe it was later in the movie but in general trying to remember how long they'd been together before this like mm. I know she tells the whole story of how they met but I don't remember like what the year the year was or how many years ago it was I also turned off during that story you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no exactly i think that's what happened i was like oh my god uh and then it, obviously it's that device that like movies and tv shows mm. use where they start a sentence in one location and they're finishing it in another and it's like oh okay all right, all right, all right. i get the editing okay cute okay. i get the editing She's going on and on and on all right okay yeah it's a more great tradition. With, <laughs> yeah you were great when she had that little uh, um oh, it's okay and then you cut the scene but you can't listen editor they're not all gems they're not all gems <laughs> yeah it did take it kind of out of reality in that sense i noticed the editing i was like oh okay clever okay you're fast forwarding well you know i would say like that and it's funny like that and this one other moment is where it almost feels like somebody stepped in and said you need to lighten this movie up a little bit Mm. because i feel like this and the the that fight scene the whole you know chaos scene with everett and ben and the spilling of the strata and the slipping and the falling and the laughing and the blah 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 yeah the tchaikovsky and the and the tchaikovsky scene yeah like that oh boy did the movie jump the shark at that scene completely jumped like just abandoned all of the amazing work it was doing and i just felt like someone came in and told them you need to make this funnier well i have to say when (laughs) When the strata falls all over her, and essentially, I appreciated when it went full on black comedy because it, uh, or farce, I should say, it it broke all of the tension. It's when uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was able to be like, "And you're mean, and you're you think you're so perfect," and like, "We're not perfect. Like, we're not better than you." And everything was just kind of broken, and and the tension was released, and it all started with the goddamn Strata when she was crying, and it was all over her expensive Bedford clothing or Manhattan clothing, and it was just like, I appreciated this kind of break because it was a little too heavy at that point. Oh, but I mean, I I love heavy, and I think there was, <laughs> you know, a I love heavy too. I totally think there's another way to do that that's a little more earned because I loved all that. I love that breaking of like all of it of just like enough, like you know, enough of all of this performance. Let's just be real with each other. But I think the music and the chasing each other around the house and the and and it was like they were shoehorning in opportunities to slip into the strata like okay enough everybody knows don't step in the strata like, <laughs> we all know um i love so it. i i thought it was a fine little farce put into this movie that yeah it, it took it out of the tone and i don't know i think for me i needed it i needed it to mm. go completely another way because yeah, it could have gone to an August Osage County type of situation. It just could have gone yes. really. And I know that you love that. And that's a different type of movie. But in the same movie where, you know, Luke Wilson's shoving his big Ben dick in Sarah Jessica Parker's face. Like, yeah, you need the farce at the end, Mary. I, you know, I think you can have the sweatpants moment <laughs> and you don't need the farce. I do. I think... I think you can always have the sweatpants moment. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we will agree to disagree. I feel like this movie was doing just fine without it. And there's so many other like that. I didn't know. Like if they want to like hit those comedic like break moments, 
they could still have the strata scene and the spilling and they could have a, her having a meltdown in the kitchen and the brothers could just be yelling at each other. But why was ever even chasing Ben around when he's like, I didn't sleep with her. Like I'm telling you, yeah. it didn't happen. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a, it's a holiday movie. I feel like I'm, I totally agree with you. It, it could have done, it could have done more in that part. Right. But it's a holiday movie. People were going during the holidays and they needed perhaps something for the audience. Oh, that music. I mean, that's, <laughs> I think, I think I'll give them the rest of it. I'll give them every, everybody can slip in the strata, even get the baby. You know what I mean? Like just everybody, get everybody in those eggs, but I will not accept the Home Alone music. I just won't. I won't. I won't, I won't, I won't. Uh, so, you know, it's another through line um, to our holiday yeah romp uh through the matreons this month but um that song <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah matreon alum Tchaikovsky. <laughs> oh god russian nationalism uh at its yeah. best um so i okay so there's a lot of great scenes in this movie i i referenced one just a second ago with Luke Wilson's dick in her face. I mm. can we just have a moment about Luke Wilson in this movie? Is he your Wilson brother? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. If I have to choose one, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, no, no. no. Yeah. 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 He's definitely mine. I think he's very, very sexy. Uh, I the, the minute we meet him, we find out from Sybil. She's like, this won't be a clothing optional Christmas. And I was like, girl, mm. let's see last Christmas, please. Can we get yeah, the prequel? Yeah, are we sure about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Luke Wilson, I feel like every movie I see him in, it's like I, I think he always has to have a scene. And maybe that doesn't even happen in this movie. But just his demeanor is always just somebody like waking up, yawning, scratching their belly and saying, oh, I'm going to need some coffee. Mm. You know, like he just gives me that like I just woke up feeling. Yeah, uh, even in uh, what is it, Legally Blonde? I also get that feel from him too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He always seems like he's gonna go take a shower in twenty minutes, <laughs> or he just took a crap. You know, uh, don't ruin him for me. <laughs> don't ruin him for me. I do not need to have uh, Luke Wilson. But you know, he's a great open in my house. <laughs> he's a great character for this movie because, and I want to talk about. Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney in a second. But he's a mm -hmm. great person in this movie because he's the one that beautifully unwinds Sarah Jessica Parker Meredith. And it's that great scene in the bar. I thought that scene was so well done where he mm -hmm. just sits her down. And he's like, dude, you got to calm down. Like, you are such a freak. You are such a weirdo. You are a mess. I love when he calls her a mess and she kind of loves it. She's like, Really? Like me too. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. I it's a it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this is such an unlikely pairing. I and maybe in reality, it's like, okay, well, this is nice for a night, but mm. once you guys are starting to like, you know, whose whose turn is it to do dishes? I don't see this all just working itself out. Right. But, um, but yeah, I I think it's I think they play those different energies really well and kind of like earn the connecting points. You know, like he from the start, you get the impression that even though he is kind of this you know sweatpants you know groggy brother that there is some like emotional intelligence there yeah i think he's doing just fine uh in berkeley you know doing his hippie thing mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. uh and yeah and and it 
it, he's an interesting character with the rest of the family, especially against the brother, the his his other brother, the oldest brother, uh, Everett. Um, Everett. Yeah, Everett. Everett. Um, uh, and, you know, he's got a lot of good comedy. I love his, you know, little sideshow with the niece throughout the whole movie. Uh, mm-hmm. it, he's, a, he's a really good character and just smiling as Sarah Jessica Parker is getting drunk in that bar is – He's like, I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a welcomed energy. And I guess in this movie, like, by the time he's being nice to her, it's like, oh, thank God someone's being nice yeah, to her, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, I think, yeah. And we get to see him shirtless. It's like, okay, this is we all do. good. This is all yeah. good. <laughs> this is all fine. He's got his own bathroom. This is nice. <laughs> he's got a guy with his own bathroom. Mm. <laughs> Uh, so I want to talk about Dermot Mulroney. I hate saying his name, uh, Dermot yeah. Mulroney. He his his character is the sound of Dermot Mulroney's name. Um, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> I, well, he plays the same character in most movies. Ugh. I know there's some where he's played more of a, a caricature, or he's played more of a uh, you know, not quite to type. But I feel like. You line this up with my best friend's wedding, and you know the only differentiation is Cameron Diaz. Mm, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, he's. He, it just doesn't seem like he belongs in this family. I don't. He doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. Unless that's the whole idea, right? That he's the brother who, like, you know, the sibling who goes away and, like, you know, leaves the. Like goes away to be perfect, you know, mm. to get away from from this family and go be his own self. Like I think. I think we have to kind of read into it to find that, but I could understand. Um, I don't know. I could understand that if this family was like a little less well off, actually, now that I'm saying that, you know, oh. uh, I feel like if he was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have the life I couldn't have growing up. But it's like, you're in this sprawling Connecticut sure. farmhouse. Sure. Like you've got an iMac computer in the kitchen for God's sake. Like, <laughs> Your brother has luxury. his own bathroom. I mean, your brother has his own bathroom. Jesus. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I, what I would have given. <laughs> he. I, so I know that he's like being perfect and doing all of this for his mom. He wants to get married before his mom dies. Like there's all this like pleasing my mommy energy that I get. Uh, I love the line. Will you take that goddamn tie off already? Like just kind of naming like, OK, yeah, he's acting too weird right now like he's acting very uptight um and so for that moment i was like okay i understand him but i have to tell you by the end of the movie i was not forgiving of everett in the sense that he totally makes a pass at the sister and i was kind of like that is creepy and awful and weird he also forces her to wear the ring. Yeah. I mean, no, Everett is, you know, I think when Sybil says like you, like you've lived a charmed life. I mean, then I'm thinking like Everett just gets what he wants. Like mm. enough of this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go pursue the life I could never have. Everett always gets what he wants and has always been told that he's perfect by his mother mm. and has just made an adulthood out of that and finds this quote unquote perfect woman and uh, yeah, then he sees something else that he wants, and then it's like, well, then I'm, I just, I want it. I'm gonna have it, and uh, that's how it feels. Especially, I mean, yeah, he makes the pass at his, you know, girlfriend's sister, 
That's you know right before Christmas. Uh, but then when he like <laughs> forces her to wear the ring, it's Christmas. Um, it's Christmas, it's Dawn. Christmas spirit, Dawn. Um, but then when he forces Julie to wear the ring, and yeah. she and she says no, yeah, she says like, no, no, no. This is please weird. stop. The whole family's like that's bad luck. It's, yeah, they're like don't do it. He's like no, I want to see. No, you. you're gonna be mine. You beautiful yeah. bitch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that beautiful little bitch got lucky. <laughs> forgot about that line i love that line that beautiful little uh, bitch uh, gia so, gun sorry gia gun even makes it to the family stone episode <laughs> we've now quoted her twice this episode uh, so yeah i i think that his character is another like sticking point of like oh i don't really buy this one i don't really get this i also just don't buy the idea that Meredith is like, oh, look, there's my boyfriend with my sister. I'm fine with this a year later. Right, you know? right. That's, it's weird. It's weird that it's a year later. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe she goes through this whole transformation because of Luke Wilson and, you know, I don't know. They don't, <clears throat> do they, do they continue to date? I forgot that. Do they even continue yeah, to date? Yeah, everyone's, everyone's there for the following Christmas. Everybody shows up again. She's with Luke Wilson. But he's in Berkeley. Um, this doesn't make any sense. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. Uh, yeah. He's in Berkeley and she's, you know, but there they both are. And she's got her hair down, you know, cause she's a lot more relaxed now. So, um, <laughs> Um, so there's another scene I want to kind of break down with you. And it's the scene where the inflection of Sarah Jessica Parker reading this line is amazing, where she goes, I wasn't pointing at him from the charade scene. Yes. Now, is that while she's still at the table? No. So this isn't at the table. This is when oh, they're playing charades. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I'm thinking they're at the table playing charades, but in another standing. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and that's right. She points to him, and then I kind of forget that line reading, but I remember that moment. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, oh no, Regina I do remember. George, it. Yes. Yeah, Regina George mm-hmm. is like, oh my god, oh my god, I can't believe you're pointing at him for the word black, right? Yes. Uh huh. And she's like, I can't believe you're pointing at him. She's like, what? You're pointing at him. She's like, I wasn't pointing at him. It's just this like playful inflection where she is restraining. Being angry, she is mm-hmm. defensive and trying to be assertive. And what I love, and we haven't really dug into how great Sarah Jessica Parker is in this movie. And I don't normally mm. love Sarah Jessica Parker because I have a bad taste in my mouth from Carrie. But this, she was so good in this movie just by holding on for dear life to what informs every action and movement of Meredith, which is complete and utter insecurity. Yeah. Yeah, she really it's a great role and she she's I'm normally not a huge fan of hers or I don't like seek her out. Right. But she is yeah, she's great. She I think is doing everything the role calls for. I think she's finding all of the ways to like play that that tension. Like she's finding very creative ways to play tension and to not let the energy out too soon. And I think that's why the I didn't know moment works so well is mm. because Meredith isn't given opportunities to really break really until that moment. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think she's great. I think she was – I was thinking the same thing watching this. is like, God, 
Sarah Jessica Parker is great in this. Yeah. She's really, really good. Yeah, really great. There's so many moments. And I I want to save the Sarah Jessica Parker, Meredith being introduced to the family for last. But mm-hmm. uh, the I love when she's telling the long story, right? Uh, and it goes through all the different scenes, the pizza place and the car and then, you know, sitting around the tree. I don't know if you noticed this, but Sarah Jessica Parker, and I love saying her entire name, um, is crumbling this napkin while she's talking about how they met. Mm. Like just bringing it to its death, like turning mm-hmm. it into stone, a family stone, if you will. Yes. Um, yeah, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> if you will. The family napkin. Yeah. And uh, so, so that starts it because she's very uncomfortable. And then, of course, something happens, like somebody says the wrong thing, of course, and she kind of storms out and she needs to go wash her hands. And mm-hmm. Everett follows her. And there's this great moment where I don't know if you've ever had this where, like, you're with your lover's family or something and you need a private moment with somebody else and you can't wait to talk to them. And she walks away and Everett follows and then she turns and says, I told you so, but then gets caught by Diane Keaton who's following them. And that moment when she notices that Sybil's right there as after as she's saying, I told you so, she's like, oh, fuck. And she just kind of looks down and then turns left to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's all Sarah Jessica Parker. It's all yeah. her creating this tension. And then you get the charades moment, which is so good. And I'm sorry, that scene where at the dinner table is – it's really hard to be Sarah Jessica Parker or that actress during that scene. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I just, that, I just totally – To feel yeah. like – the scene playing out where like, okay, this is where everyone turns against me. Right. Right. And all the way up to the little mouth movement she does when she says, if we could get a little pot. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When I love that. I, cause she can be, she, especially when she gets drunk. Yeah. She can be very charming uh, and can play very charming. And, uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think this is where I remember, like, Sarah Jessica Parker, she's, like, she isn't just Carrie Bradshaw. Like, I'm with you. Like, that definitely, like, that has become, you know, her iconic role. But if you take that out of her career, it makes perfect sense that she's this good, you know? Yeah, she's really good. She was, I saw her in Footloose. Like, that was the first movie I, you know, remember Mm -hmm. her. She was, like, super young. Um, But I do want to break down this scene where Sarah Jessica Parker is introduced to the family in the foyer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, when she first gets there. Yeah. yeah. So the first moment, Sarah Jessica Parker, she shakes Kelly's hand, or Craig T. Nelson's hand. It's all like straight and firm, and she has this little nuance where she looks at the hand first, and then back at him, and then she looks at the hand again, kind of like nodding, like, we're going to shake hands, right? This mm-hmm. is what I do. And then he hugs her and she's like, <laughs> yeah, it just does that like arms pressed to her body movement. Yeah. And then, you know, the door opens and she walks in, she looks up, she looks to the right and then she looks down. And it's just like, I, the, the way that she is able to just portray, I have no idea what I'm doing here or how mm-hmm. to be here. And the fact that bitchy Diane Keaton 
just cannot handle it, covers her mouth and backs up the stairs and then silently tells Regina George to like stop. She's like, stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I, it, it's so good. All the way up into, and I know this was probably written in the script, but she does it so well. The way that she talks to Thad, that I'm meeting a person who speaks a different language than me thing by talking loud mm-hmm. and slow. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so good. Uh, I, I, It was so funny. And you wouldn't think that something like that would be funny, but it was funnier than I thought it would be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, they like they they didn't let the discomfort break. Right. Like I think you know it's kind of like this and a scene from The Office or something where they just they let you kind of marinate in yeah the discomfort of like walking in to a room full of you know a family you know a house you know a family that you don't know that you want to impress and she's not introduced. Right. Oh yeah. You know? She's not introduced. Yeah. She's not introduced. Like she, <laughs> they, they all like just go right in for the hugs, and she's like just standing there. And I think, like obviously, she then you know meets people, but it's, I think, I think to feel even more like the sore thumb is like okay, I'm just standing here. Like I, and this to me, I'm like processing my own like social anxiety of what that would feel like. <laughs> you know, totally. Just waiting. Waiting for someone to like look at me and then like look away and then look at me and realize they've made eye contact and then go, hi, I'm uh, who are you? Who you must be, you know, and then I'm seven years old again. Right. Right. Well, and the thing that I love about the direction of the movie is that they keep them stuck in that little foyer with the stairs like she's not even invited to come in all the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Home. And, you know, you have. That great kind of – it sounded like an ad-libbed line by Diane Keaton where she's like, you remember me, right? The mother. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel like all of her lines were ad-libbed for this movie. Um, she – yeah. <laughs> like I, like the scene when she talks about wanting her sons to be gay. I was like, this is – I mean, I'm sure it's in the script because it's all part of the story. But like the way that she was doing it felt very improvised. Oh, yeah. No, uh, Diane Keaton, it was essentially that she wrote this role. Obviously, she dressed herself in that white turtleneck with the sweater Mm -hmm. wrapped around her collarbone. I was like, ugh, Mm -hmm. Diane. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, the first shot we see of her just like sitting there staring out the window, that first just like establishing Diane Keaton shot, establishing Sybil, it was just like, okay, all right, we've got, you know, Diane's on set. You know, it's Keaton time. It's, it's Keaton, Keaton time. time. And it's Keaton time. And, and Sarah Jessica Parker in that, you know, intro scene where she's like, you have a lovely home. Like, what do you say mm-hmm. to the mother? And then, of right. course, the poor mother, she's like, well, all the better to entertain you, my dear, which is smart writing because it's basically what the wolf says in Little Red Riding Hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the yeah. mother is the one to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh I I feel like some of this felt like I was watching like a play. Like I mean, mm. it, a little bit of August Osage County. Like all of this plays out the way a play would, being stuck in one little location, you know. Yeah. Uh taking the picture right there and her kind of being like excluded in the corner. I think her body language while they're taking the picture oh, and the way she kind of like, you know, there's just like little gestures like I think she touches her mouth or something like that where it's like, "Oh, okay, I'm just going to uh, try to disappear into the wall here oh. until this is over. But at the same time, I feel like she's fuming inside. Like, that didn't go yeah. well. I should be in this picture. They don't like mm-hmm. me. They don't like me. It's all her insecurity just, like, right there. She takes it all on the chin because, not for nothing, they are excluding her. 
Well, yeah, it's not like this is not her being an ice queen. They're they're being very difficult. It's some more than others, obviously. Right, right. And at the at the same time, the times that I hate Sarah Jessica Parker when her phone rings and then she points. Ugh, she's like she puts the like like one second up. And I'm just like, girl, oh, yeah. girl, mm-hmm. this is why they hate you. This is why right. people don't like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you could just see yourself right now. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, wow. Well. Oh, uh, but anyway, so do you, yes, go ahead. Do you know who you would play in this? Oh, uh, I don't know. The, the, the woman who's selling Dermot Mulroney the hat in the very first scene, um, well, you know who I would play, Mary. You know, of course, of course, I'm gonna play Regina George because of that one yeah. moment where she says, uh, "Oh, of course you do." Right, uh, right. No, of course. Uh, yeah, no. I figured <laughs> I'll probably be the jeweler, but um, <laughs> let's be real. Gonna or break maybe a lot be... of hearts in this town. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna break a lot of hearts in this town. Um, or like the completely thankless role of of pregnant Susanna Uh, I think they just didn't know what to do with that character she had she had had nothing she had the Judy Garland moment she like you know was watching that scene but yeah yeah that you know somebody had to take care of the little kid yeah I just always remember like that of, of like oh yeah that role that like useless role of the older sister who doesn't do anything the whole time. She doesn't even go into labor. No, she, she should have gone into labor after the strata, you know? The strata, the strata scene, she should have gone into labor and like, well, I guess that'll clean the floor. And then they, she goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they name the, the daughter uh, Meredith, right? <laughs> Meredith, yeah, exactly. Then they name the daughter Lysistrata, yeah. Um, Lysistrata Stone. <laughs> Lysistrata Stone, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know who I would play. I guess I would probably, I mean, you know, I kind of like the role of Julie. I think Claire Danes does a really great job in what is a pretty nondescript role. Mm. Uh, I think that like, I mean, they, they add in the bit of her falling off of the, the bus and you kind of get the impression of, oh, Julie, she's crazy Julie, you know, like she's not so uptight like her sister, but then she's got her shit together the rest of the movie. Right, right. Um, She's the foil for sure. Yeah. But actually I really like, again, I love the character of Brad. I think when my, one of my favorite moments (laughs) is when Meredith on Christmas morning, she's like, I don't want to marry you. And he like starts to laugh and then stops. (laughs) I don't know why that was so funny to me. Um, he was, I don't know, he, that actor was on a couple, the first couple seasons of Parks and Rec. That's right, And, uh, I think he's, uh, yeah, he's very charming. He's very, very sexy. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like he's the kind of guy, and definitely the way he reads on Parks and Rec is that he's very hot, but I also would be like desperate for his approval. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, you know, I also feel like he's, you know, if he's, if he's Brad, like and he's not like the car- like the actor, but if he's oh, if Brad, he's Brad, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. take me into your EMT truck and give totally. me a snow globe and oh, yeah, yeah, just um, stick an EpiPen in my leg and let's see where the night <laughs> takes us, you know. Right, check my blood pressure, you know. Totally. Should I turn yeah. cough? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How about I turn the other way? Yeah, um, yeah. Get that um, get that speculum. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I just love how kind of like, I don't know, basic he is in this movie. Like, he shows up with his friend 
to the bar to O'Malley's or whatever the bar is called. And uh, it's just like totally regular. And yeah, has not seen her in a year and is still hung up on her. Uh, yeah. It's so basic. It's so sweet. It was sweet. It was just like a great little act three role that I really enjoyed. Uh, and I thought that he, yeah, he played as just like a, I was like, I like him. I like this guy. He's kind of like a Jim Halpert quality, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harmless. Yeah. 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 Harmless. And, uh, and yeah, I, I'm happy for Regina George. I think she is a total instigator and mm-hmm. got what was coming to her. Uh, not yeah. that she got anything. Like, I don't think she was punished at all for being that mean. Um, no, but she was. And, she was not nice. And I, I do like how the end of the movie she has a face journey oh, God. with Brad. Oh God! I, t- you know, I created a gif where Monet Exchange makes the same face in All Stars, where she just kind of like, I, who was it? Manila was like apologizing to her, and then mm. a Monet kind of like points her face down, and then I cut to Regina George, and Regina George has that moment. Uh, when they're decorating the tree and she just p- points her face mm-hmm. down. Oh, it's so sweet. It's so great. And yeah, it's like, that's it's you, kid. When when Diane Keaton's like, that's you, kid. Um, that's you, kid. Oh, God. <laughs> that's you, kid. Oh, yeah. She, you know, Diane Keaton really loved me, to play kid. those. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. She loved to play that. That That's you and me, kid. Hey, you. Hey, you. Like, she loves uh, to do those moments. We didn't moments. even talk about that. Hey. We didn't even talk about that. Hey, Throw, hey you. Throws fork. Hey, you. Throws fork. <laughs> Well, you know, it's like because I've always remembered that as being like way worse than it really is. She actually does it kind of geniusly. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, she does. She does. She kills that moment. Yeah, like she does. she does it the way that and the the she ignores the way, a Julie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. The sign language. I feel like the way that she kind of it almost feels like she's doing a uh, a shorthand of it. Like she's she's kind of half saying things. Like I feel like at the end she's basically signed something along the lines of like, "Do you hear me? Do you get it? Do you right. understand?" Right. And it just feels very like. Like she's, it's familiar, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, hey, connect um, with me. Connect with me. I know that was hard. Connect with me. Uh, yeah, she's, she, that, it was great. It was great. I, I do a, a performance of that sometimes, but I don't say I love you. I go, hey, hey, you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Family Stone. Family Stone. Um, the other, hey. the, <laughs> the other face journey that she has is at the end when it's that iconic snowing moment, and mm-hmm. Patrick kind of like, I guess, disturbs her from her like trance, and yeah. and she just kind of like turns, kind of angry, kind of like still kind of sad, looks him up and down, and then turns it on and smiles and goes, "It's snowing." And yeah. I, oh, it's so beautifully done. It's so, it's so bittersweet because she knows also that she's gonna die in the year. Yeah, and I again, I like that it's a moment with Patrick. I yes. like that it's kind of like yes. with. It's not with Kelly. It's not with you know any of the other you know main characters. I think that's a again the movie chooses these interesting notes to kind of like end the scene on that was really good yeah uh, i love patrick yeah. i really love patrick i do movie. too yeah. i do he really he and brad stood out to me and normally it's the women in a movie full of women i love the the two best supporting actors mm. yeah he was oh god he's really good in this and i i looked up his uh, wikipedia and i haven't seen much that he's in he was in scandal i guess but i don't remember him in scandal um yeah i'm looking at him now i don't really know him he's 
show, some show called Ambitions. Um, yeah, no, he's, uh, I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Yeah, but he's great. Uh, Is Diane Keaton the best actress in this movie? I think so. I think that, like, I should also say that I really do like Meredith and would love to play that role because of everything that, like, Sarah Jessica Barker gets to do. Well, you also can relate to that because you're also like, sometimes, right? I, I uh, help me. I help me understand. Well, what what, well, you were you were referencing it uh, a while ago in our conversation. Just like, yeah, that moment where you don't know what to do and it's awkward. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think I could like. I don't think I'm as uptight as her, but I think right. that I can identify with some of the anxieties of like, you know, worrying about what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and so, and I think that the. The tension of that and then the releasing of the tension of that is really interesting to watch, you know, of like when it's funny, like, you know what? I don't I don't care if you like me or not. Like, I think that is very gratifying mm. is when she stops caring what people think, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that Diane Keaton, to answer your question, I think is the best actress because I also think in the canon of Diane Keaton, this is really like she is so much better in this than I was giving her credit. Mm. She's in terms of like later in her career, Diane Keaton. Yeah. This is so restrained and so like lived in and so not indulgent, you know, like she's, she's really good in this. I, I will 10 out of 10 screaming Diane Keaton's on this one. I will, 10 out of 10 turtlenecks. Uh, yeah, you know? 10 out of 10 turtlenecks. I mean, I'll give it nine. And the only reason I give it nine is because she insisted on her own wardrobe, which I think I can, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know that for certain, but it seemed obvious to me. And there's also that like laid back, cool mom that is sometimes too much. Like when, she has this scene in the kitchen where she's like, oh, he was abducted by aliens and then eats a piece of popcorn. And there's something about that. I was just like, that's a little cringy. It was so casual and like stylized. And I was like, mm, uh, 10 points from Gryffindor, you know? I know. I hear that. I'll agree with that is that there are moments of she's playing the the liberal mom. It's a little bit too much of like, hey, this is not like a – it's like Diane Keaton's trying to sell Maybelline. Like she's yes. just having a good time. It's like, all right, I, we get it. We get it. You're so cool. Right. Yeah. Right. And so in that's like just that line, what did I write down here? Oh, Diane Keaton in a turtleneck with a sweater tied around her collarbone saying, so what you're saying is you don't screw is gay culture. And she knew yeah. it. Yeah. She knew it. It's gay culture, but it's also like just like a shake of air guitar. I'll give it that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you're kind of getting it. There is that. I, get I mean, it. there's that beautiful scene between her and Craig T. Nelson, and I don't even think they speak. Mm-hmm. But when you know he puts her hand on her on her chest, and it's just like, oh, you know, it was it yeah. was really well done, uh, and there was no dialogue, which I think also was a mm-hmm. help. Yeah. Yeah, and she was so restrained there. Like I think that's where I'm giving her all these, you know, turtlenecks. Is like she. She does not go over the. It, it's not at all because I said so. Mm. You know. Oh God! Oh God! That movie. We still didn't do that movie. Uh, thank oh, God. Oh, we didn't. We didn't, we haven't hate watched because I said so. Yeah. With Laura, it'll be a ten dollar. Yeah, it'll be a ten dollar Matreon where we just destroy because I said so. 
and we're really mean. Oh, yeah. God. Mandy Moore singing in that movie. Oh, I can't. Ugh. I can't. I love uh, Mandy Moore. And it's jazz. Wrong, but and yeah, it's doesn't jazz. she do in some scatty jazz? No, it's not scatty jazz, but it's like she like puts her like pop flair on it. And I wish uh-huh. she was Monday. It's like that. It's like, oh yeah. yes, it's almost as bad as Scatty Jazz. Yeah, it's it's uh, doo wop is what it is. It's like do and then they all kind of join in. Oh well, right? uh, and yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh my god, I right. can't believe we're doing this. Right, it's right. A lot Diane of that. Keaton like singing the harmony. Yeah, it's all awful. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. uh, so you would put Meredith as best supporting actress? Um. No, I think that I think that they're both leads. Okay. I think Meredith and um, uh, Sybil are both lead best best actresses. Okay. And I think best supporting actresses would be, or like the supporting roles would be Julie and Amy. All right. Well, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I love Claire Danes. There's some movies that I love Claire Danes in, but I can't get over Claire Danes in uh, Broke Down Palace. I didn't do it. <laughs> I don't speak Smashes your goddamn pens. language. I don't yeah. speak Thai. Um, yeah, no. That, didn't yeah. do it. Didn't yeah. do it. Um, yeah, that uh, – she chews all the scenery in that movie. That movie is so bad, and I love it. I love that movie. Um, but she is so bad in that movie, and I just haven't really quite forgiven her. I also haven't seen that new show that she's in that my dad watches – um, Homeland. Homeland. Yeah, I haven't seen. I mean, that. it's newish, right? I feel like I think it's been. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's new, but it's new compared to Brokeback Mountain and Family Stone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. She did it after this movie. <laughs> she did. She did. So, uh, but I hear she's great in that, and so I mean, like, I know that Claire Danes has the chops. Like, I saw Romeo and Juliet. Like, I know where she can go. Yeah. Um, my so-called life. My so-called yeah. life. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so for that, I'm just kind of like, uh, I still like uh, Regina George so much better. And and again, this was like another movie I saw after Regina George, after Mean Girls, and I was like, oh shit, that's her. She's a great actress. Rachel McAdams is so fucking good in this movie, and she's so fucking good in most movies. Yeah, yeah, she's great. I I don't. What's she been in recently? What I'm gonna click on her name. Um, I feel like I haven't seen her in a while. Rachel McAdams. Rachel. I know she was in that really creepy Time Traveler's Wife movie, which I get is not supposed to be creepy, but there is that creepiness. Like he falls in love with her as a little girl. Oh sure. Um, so she um, she was in some movie that I don't think did very well called Game Night, but there's something oh, called Euro, something called Eurovision. When aspiring musicians Lars and Sigrid are given the opportunity to represent their country at the world's biggest song competition, they finally have a chance to prove that any dream worth having is a dream worth fighting for. Um, it's a Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams movie. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, my my boyfriend Chris loves Rachel McAdams, like loves her, and is like, I would, he's like, I would change for her. I think he said that to me. But um, like I and and I get it. Like I, one of my favorite movies that she's in. That's a terrible movie, but I love because Patrick Wilson is in it. It's called Morning Glory, where she plays oh, that uh, with Diane Keaton. Yeah, and Diane Keaton's in that. It's a really great mm-hmm. movie. Um, yeah, I think I've seen parts of it. I, I think but, you hate it um, because of the soundtrack. Oh, very possibly yeah, the new yeah. shoes song. You know. Oh. <laughs> Cats gagging. (laughs) 
No. Uh, but yeah, so she did Mean Girls, and then she was in The Notebook and Red Eye. Like, Mean Girls. Red Eye was fun. Yeah, yeah it was fun. And Mean Girls, The Notebook, you know, uh, you know, it depends on who you saw The Notebook with, I think, is mm-hmm. whether you liked it or not. But Mean Girls, like, that just, like, catapulted her. And she was so good as Regina George. So good. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those just like uh, I think it's one of those roles that now that it exists and that performance exists, there are other roles that are kind of emulating that. And well, it's not the first like girl bully we've ever seen. There's something about the way she did that that became the launching point or the reference point for a lot. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because for a while it was Heather's and that was Mm -hmm. camp and over the top and fuck me with a chainsaw, like not good acting on purpose. But then Mm -hmm. she did Mean Girls and it was Tina Fey and it was nuanced and researched and just so well done. So, yeah, she's certainly became kind of like the archetype for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was great in this. And um, (laughs) and that is is what I have to say about Rachel McAdams. She's great. (laughs) Yeah, she's great. I actually haven't seen her in that much else. Like I've seen The Notebook. I've seen Red Eye. I've seen this. And mean girls i feel like there's a i was looking at her imdb it's like i have not seen most of these things so all right well i love her i think she's great and uh yeah i wish she was on tv more um Mm. i think she should get into that but maybe that's not her gig so well uh she was on true detective oh i don't know true detective so it's an hbo show oh but she was in eight episodes of that and like every season i think is a different cast oh i see She's uh she's Canadian, no? She is indeed Canadian. She was born in London, Ontario. Oh, I was studied in London, Ontario. She's um yeah. she yeah, so you know, you're a Canuckophile, so mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. Man. No, I mean I like her more already. <laughs> uh no, I think I knew she was Canadian, but um <laughs> but anyway. So yeah, that's the family stone. Any any other people that we missed? Uh, you know, we didn't really talk too much about Thad. Uh, I don't know much about him, but he was super sweet and uh, you know a great character in the movie. Um, not too consequential to the plot. No, no, I would say he and Susanna were not very consequential to the plot. Though I think he was more than her because he was kind of like a, a point of tension at the dinner scene about being right, gay right, and whatnot. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and Craig T. Nelson, you know, love him. I mean, yeah, he's certainly out of his daddy phase at this point, right. but he's Grand great. Daddy. I always Grand like daddy. him. Yeah, yeah. Too. yeah. You know, poltergeist is where kind of we fell for him, I believe. Oh, yeah. He's got some yeah. great sweatpants in that. Yeah, and, and, and a Matron alum, True Beverly Hills, right? Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Matron alum, yeah. yeah. So. Sarah Jessica Barker's a Matron alum. Uh, Diane Keaton, obviously, is a Matron alum. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're adding... Uh, uh, oh, and yeah, and we're adding uh, uh, Luke Wilson, um, mm-hmm. uh, Rachel McAdams. Uh, I'm happy to mm-hmm. add Rachel McAdams to our list. Uh, and Claire Danes as well, right? Claire Danes hasn't been anything we've covered. I don't think so. No, I feel like I could. Re- I would remember talking about her before. She's yeah. been in so much. It, mm-hmm. it seems. It seems like she's been in so much. Yeah, she was in The Hours. She was in My So-Called Life. She was in Little Women with, uh, mm-hmm. with Winona Ryder. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's, uh, well, yeah, what's she going to be in next? So I guess she's still doing Homeland. Yeah. 
Oh, right. Uh, I, I guess she's in A Kid Like Jake or was in A Kid Like Jake, uh, which I didn't see, but is, you know. Uh, oh, about their the kid, their the kid gender being identity. transgender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. With Jim Parsons. Uh, Gross. In it. <laughs> Do you not like Jim Parsons? I, the only reason I don't like him is because he beat out Steve Carell for like the Emmy or the Golden Globe every year for the the Office. Oh, so. because he won it for that awful TV show, mm-hmm. Big Bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he was great in Boys in the Band. Got to give it to him. He was he was great in that. I saw him in that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, more about a kid like Jake and Dowd is in it. So, well, well, if you'll excuse me. Yeah. Um, I'll be going now. Oh, I, you'll excuse you know, me. I think I'll be going. Yes. You know, we didn't need talk to finish about. It. We didn't talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mary. Um, Sorry, Mary. We didn't talk about uh, Claire Danes in Temple Grandin, which in, oh, in, in, yeah. in maybe like a month or two could totally be a Matreon movie. Yeah, I could get in some Temple Grandin. Because She's Catherine great. Catherine O'Hara in that movie. Oh, Oh, well, then, yeah. Then we'll do Temple Grandin. <laughs> well, jeez. Christ. Yeah, what are we doing here? Uh, Temple Grandin. Yeah, I think what would be interesting to talk about that movie is mostly the reception of that movie. Um, mm. Because that, that, I think, is where the nuance lied. Um, and just kind of trying to understand the idea of, you know, someone like Claire Danes playing that role um, is, you know, yeah. it's interesting. It's an interesting choice. So. Yeah, I feel like I have to watch it again. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think it's yeah, that'll be an interesting conversation. All right, Mary. Well, any final thoughts on this fabulous Christmas movie to end our Christmas season? Yeah, no, I think that's it. I think uh, this was yeah, this was a fun, a fun addition to the Christmas season. So, um, Mary, Mary, and uh, Happy Holly, and <laughs> Jolly Holly. Uh, Barukata, Old Lang Syne, Lashanatova. I think I'm covering everything. <laughs> Trying to get Hanukkah in there. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, give me a back a beat. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so listen, Marys, if you have any thoughts on the family stone, you can reach out to us on Twitter at all right, Mary, or you can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or www.tasteofreality.com backslash all right dash Mary. You can also email us at all right, Mary podcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Instagram at Johnny also or Twitter at Johnny also one. And you can hear more of me on my podcast, In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance, or Best Supporting Podcast, A Celebration of Best Supporting Actresses with Nick Kachanoff. Uh, you can get more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, and you already know how to get more of both of us on Patreon.com backslash AllRightMary, because uh, you're doing it right now, and we love you for it. Yeah, and I believe this is a free skate episode. For Which is what I would be saying to you if you're not a Patreon. Um, but if you are, then I am. And if you're not and you enjoy getting these additional conversations in your podcast feed every week, then you can go to patreon.com backslash all right, Mary. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. I'm... All right, Mary. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that kind of ends our uh, Christmas holiday season next week we 
are taken off. We're taking a little break, just one yeah. week break, because I have to move and you're traveling for the holidays. Um, and it will be the new year. So this is our last Matreon episode of the decade, Marys. The last it is. one. So let's start the 2020s right with a new Matreon subscription, perhaps. Uh, you know. Ooh, <laughs> the new Roaring Twenties with a little bit of All Right, Mary. Ooh. Yeah, there you go, Mary. Well, with that, I think we're going to sign off. And we hope you have a fantastic holiday season and a great new year and that we see you January, you know, feeling fresh and beautiful and uh, loving on yourself. So thanks again for listening, Marys, and uh, we'll see you next year. So yeah. <laughs>